You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So crazy weekend for citizens of Portland. And if, if you just ignore the news, I think you'd be okay. But if you saw any of the news coming out of Portland, like 11 shootings, couple of people murdered, armed robbery. I mean, it's just, it's just Portland is going off as far as this stuff goes. We're going to be talking about a bunch of those shootings. We're going to be talking about what the business leaders are asking from their uh, community leaders, what plans the community leaders have, which is we need a plan. That's literally one of the things we need a plan. We've identified we need a plan. Calling this a pandemic, rise in crime, a pandemic. That's all the stuff we're covering today. We're going to go hard. We're going to hit it. All right. Before we do, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I read the news that you might not find elsewhere. All right. Let's get into it because I, I literally, this is probably the most articles I've ever touched on um, because there was so much going on in Portland. Mass shooting kills 18 year old woman near downtown Portland food carts. Portland saw 55 homicides in 2020, a 26 year record. And that's on pace to be broken by the end of this month, July. That's not that is not the record breaking you want to see you want to see records broken at the Olympics, that kind of thing, world records, but not crime records. This, that's a no go. A mass shooting in Portland, uh, shortly before last call on Saturday morning, killed an 18 year old woman and injured six others near a line of food carts in what police described as an extremely chaotic scene. Portland Police Chief Chuck Lovell said the killing along with another fatal shooting four hours later in the Park Rose neighborhood in deep Northeast Portland, marked the city's 50th and 51st homicides of the year. Portland saw 55 homicides in 2020, a 26-year record. We're probably going to break it, break it by the end of this month. In the past 36 hours, Lovell said, Portland had 11 shooting incidences. 11. This isn't, this isn't Chicago. This isn't Washington, D.C. It's not New York. It's Portland. Portland had 11 shooting incidences, killing two people and injuring at least 11. In a press conference this afternoon, Lavelle and Mayor Ted Wheeler described the Portland Police Bureau as unprepared and outmatched by a wave of gunfire across the city. Portland Police Bureau has had an incredibly difficult time. Now they don't even have enough officers to cover the streets. And why is that? Well, because we vilified police officers. And this is what you get. If if the Portland Police Bureau is unprepared and outmatched by a wave of gunfire across the city, that's not due to them. It's not due to them at all. If there were more of them, do you think they could be spread out a little bit more and have more coverage? I don't know. What do you think? How many times have we gone through the numbers of Portland Police Bureau officers that have either quit or are quitting? or are retiring, or are moving on to greener pastures, mainly because their city doesn't have their back. That's the bottom line here, right? And then we've got this uptick in violence. And we're like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. How could this happen? What is happening here? I mean, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, right? And I'm not saying all of this is due to police, the defunding the police thing. Obviously, it's not. There are some cities where you've had upticks in violent crime as well that didn't defund their police. But in an area where you did defund the police, and we know the numbers, Portland's supposed to have 1300 cops, there they have less than 1000. I mean, here's here's where you're at. This is what you get. 
this is what you wanted. This is what you got. So here, you know, record levels of crime and the police can't handle it. Hmm. Shocking, right? Lavelle blamed a wave of officers leaving the force 125 in the last year, he said, leaving police incapable of patrolling all the neighborhoods hit by gunfire. Okay, you don't have enough cops, period. We've had many years of growth as a city and a shrinking police department. Those are two trends, population up, number of cops down. How do you think that's going to work out? How's it working out this past weekend in Portland? How many shootings did we have? 11? Hmm. Yeah, these, not much of a math guy, but these numbers are so basic and so easy to figure out that you're like, oh, yeah. Hmm. What's going on there? We need a plan. Just wait a second and you'll, you'll understand that reference. So we've had many years of growth as a city and a shrinking police department, the chief said, you can only go so far in that direction before you reach a tipping point. And I'd say Portland's there now. Wouldn't you? I mean, as of July 6, the city had seen 579 shooting incidences in 2021, more than double the number at that time in 2020. And that's why we're on record pace before the end of July is over in the year. For months, city leaders have bitterly debated whether to increase staffing for a police force that saw its budget trimmed amid racial justice protests last year and is dogged by repeated allegations of excessive force. Yep. And the gun violence reduction team basically got eliminated. And the one before that was the gang, whatever it was, team. Um, the rapid response team basically disbanded because of ridiculousness, just because of ridiculous. They wanted to prosecute a cop for basically doing his job at a uh, one of the protests. You know, those protests were chaos. I mean, they're just sheer chaos. And the whole thing is just, it's ridiculous, right? So literally, the police chief added a bunch more cops to downtown. They're providing an extra police presence because it just got it got so uh, crazy. Uh, Wheeler, Mayor Ted Wheeler, walked a careful line in his remarks, calling for more proactive policing while repeatedly emphasizing the need for greater police accountability. So you've got these nutty activists over here who are like, ah, this really can't have anything to do with defunding the police. We need more help. We need more help in our neighborhoods. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do, because they're all shooting each other, right? We have clearly a homicide problem in our community, he concluded, Mayor Ted. The community should expect that we have adequate resources. Ah, but you've been defunding the police, and so this is what you get. This is, this is where you're at. You have created a situation where nobody wants to be a cop in Portland, and I really can't blame them. I really can't blame them. If somebody told you that you are a hideous, horrible, racist person all the time, you know, being a cop is tough enough to have to have that kind of stuff go on. And then how about the 100 nights, 120, 100 and whatever it is, nights of activism that nobody seemed to really do anything about? How about if you had to have that in your job description as well, that you did that, that you had to work up against that influence? How would you like that? Probably not very well. Well, you're just doing your job. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to be cops in Portland shouldn't have been having to do that job. City leadership should have locked that stuff down long ago. But here we are, right? Okay, so we've got seven shot, one fatally in downtown Portland. Mayor says violence is a pandemic. 
One person was killed and at least six others were wounded in a shooting overnight. Nobody's been arrested because that person got away. So Tyrone Jackson, who lives near the scene, said he was asleep in his apartment when gunshots woke him up, although he's never witnessed anything similar. Jackson said he opts to stay home at night rather than going to bars in the area because of safety concerns. Portland outdoor store owner Brad Popick said the crime scene out his outside his shop on the closed block of Oak Street and Third Avenue looked like World War Three. Oregonians are demanding accountability from their local governments, he said, and have gotten a lack of responses. And those are the same local governments that basically said, it's a block party. We're just going to have some fun with the peaceful protesters. Rah, 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 rah. Until it wasn't, right? Police are screaming, Popik said. I can't ever remember when we had people screaming at city council on the radio, on TV, on the paper, and in person. There seems to be this incredible lack of coherency or process of getting stuff done. All right. So those two shootings were among four in a four-hour period Saturday morning. And that was among 11 in a 38-hour span. So inside of two days, you had 11 shootings, 11 shootings. That is just, I mean, that's just crazy. All right. So downtown business owners look to Portland leaders for answers after deadly shooting. I bet, I bet you they do. I bet you they really do. Um, to help revitalize downtown, city leaders recently launched an effort to bring people back downtown. But business owners fear Saturday, Saturday morning shooting could undo all the progress they have made. We want people to feel safe coming downtown because we like doing business downtown. How about all those people who saw that huge ad in the New York Times? We're quirky. We're Portland. And then, ah, yeah, you know, you had that ad and I was okay with the ad and I I was going to go to Portland just to check it out. And then the whole shooting thing, those 11 shootings in 30, what, eight hours. I'm going to give you guys a little more time to sort out your stuff you got going. It's just crazy, right? Um, Well, Hyde, as well as other business owners say during the day, it's very safe downtown. It's at night when things change. Perception is the biggest thing we have to worry about. It's fine during the day, but it's still security. It's still in the press. It's still people getting hurt, said Brad Popick, owner of the Portland Outdoor Store. The people in charge kind of need to take a look at this thing. There are multiple issues. It's a lot like an onion. You need to peel back the onion, but someone has got to make some decisions quickly. It's the perception of not being safe that's the most important part, said Popik. Uh, They're going to have to do more community policing in order to get at the root of the problem because obviously what's happening now is not working. I think we need to figure out what's the actual cause. Yeah, I think so too. So the main thing that Mayor Ted, Mayor Ted of Portland, and he's also the chief of police, you know, whatever. He's the top dog in the police department. His response to this was... We need a plan. We need a plan. This has been going on for way over a year now. And now they need a plan. And Mayor Ted has been pretty adamant, as have a lot of mayors in in cities that defunded their police. He has basically sat along the way without trying to work up the activists quite so much. He has said, yeah, we don't we don't really want to defund the police anymore because he knows He knows, Mayor Jenny Durkin and here in Seattle, they know what the deal is if you defund the police department too hard. And we're looking at the results right now. People are going ham on each other with guns. 
and there's not enough cops to really do much about it, right? Officer reluctance continues to delay new Portland police team to help curb deadly gun violence. So they basically want cops to step up and create this other gun violence reduction team, right? And they're not having too many uh, volunteers. Is that shocking? No, it's not shocking. You hammer on cops for long enough and they're going to be like, huh, yeah, well, you wanted to defund us. You wanted to abolish us. Here's what you get. Here's what you get. The rapid response team just all disbanded. They're like, yeah, you basically not letting us do our jobs the way we need to to handle some of these situations. You're indicting us for ridiculous stuff. We're, you know, we can't really operate that way. And so they disbanded the rapid response team. As Portland's homicide count continues to mount with a mass shooting in downtown Saturday that killed a teenager and injured at least six others, the Portland Police Bureau's effort to set up a new uniform team of officers to address gun violence remains a challenge. Police have had little success in finding two sergeants and 12 officers to sign up for the duty. This is not surprising. Hey, you want to sign up in Portland to do this extra special thing? Uh, Probably not. No, I was looking to make a lateral move to another police department. I mean, this is just, it's mind boggling that we're here. And yet we are. So you got to find two sergeants and 12 officers to sign up for the duty, a linchpin in the city's effort to try to stop gun violence before it happens, or at least lessen its surging pace. And yet we've got the commissioner of Portland saying, police aren't really there to prevent crime, just to handle it once it's happened. That's literally, literally what Commissioner Hardesty said. So far, about three officers have volunteered for the positions. Police leaders have worked to recruit one sergeant to join the team. Pretty please, will you come on board? We will give you a gigantic bonus. Um, But yeah, you're going to have to deal with all this nonsense going on around you. Good luck with that. The Bureau has put out a job description, but many officers haven't shown any interest because they're unsure of what will be expected of them said Assistant Police Chief Jamie Resch, who oversees the investigations branch. The uniform squad, dubbed the Focused Intervention Team, is designed to fight gun violence proactively with a patrol presence on Portland streets. The plan has been to have team cover seven days a week to get guns off the street directed by police intelligence, identify people involved in recent shootings, and interrupt the cycle of violence. According to a Bureau memo, in April, the Bureau estimated it would take 30 to 45 days to set up. So anything that we do here, working towards getting some of these shooters off the streets, and I say shooters, not guns. I don't, you're not going to clean up the gun issue. You're just not. People who want to shoot each other are going to figure out a way to get a gun. And it's probably not going to be legal. These are not the people walking into Walmart. May I please purchase a handgun? No, they're buying illegal guns. They're buying illegal guns and then they're shooting each other. A key component is to have a 12-member community oversight group to monitor the team's actions. All right, so you got that, and you're trying to create a team. So you've got all these layers of stuff, and in the meantime, not doing anything. The city has moved forward and selected 12 people to serve as members of the group. All right, we've got the oversight committee, but we've got no actual group to do the real work here. Resch said officers have a lot of questions about the community group's group's role in their work. Just get out there and stop stop some of the shooting. I mean, that feels like what this is, right? We got to do something. And the mayor is basically saying, we need to come up with a plan. 
What they're wanting to know is what is the oversight and what are the expectations of them? That's a good question, Rech said. Resh said, uh, recently talking to the community group, what is actually going to be their job? Officers are very aware that many residents and city councilors don't want police to recreate the gun violence reduction team or its precursor, the gang enforcement team. And yet you're looking to the police department to reduce gun violence. Hmm. So the city disbanded the gun violence reduction team as part of a $15 million cut to the police budget. Do you think Mayor Ted is thinking, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. Could really use those guys and gals right now. The officers are seeking guidance from the community on what it wants the officers to do or not do, Wretch said, which I think is a reasonable question to ask. They don't want to fail. So they're very cautious. Exactly how do you want us to do our jobs? right? Because there's been a lot of confusion over that. Oh, do this, don't do that. Oh, use this, don't use that. All right, but we still got to do our jobs and we can't really do them with the tools you're giving us. So uh, yeah, we're not signing up for your little 12-man team. The job description drafted with the help of the police bureau's equity manager says the team's officers will work primarily in uniform and use community-informed and data-led tactics. This is not new stuff, is it? Um, individuals at highest risk will be identified through investigative leads from the police bureau's enhanced community safety team, which largely investigates shooting as well as a still unhired crime analyst, community service organizations and relationship developed with confidential informants. The description said that sounds an awful lot like what the gun violence reduction team did, which got disbanded that I guessing city leadership still had. They'll respond to shootings, initiate primary uh, preliminary investigations. They'll do a bunch of stuff. Mayor Ted Wheeler and Police Chief Chuck Lovell during a Saturday afternoon news conference after the downtown shooting and a separate fatal shooting in Northeast Portland made brief references to the focused intervention team, which was the acronym is FIT. That's that's good. I can remember that. FIT. The focused intervention team is part of the city's overall strategy, but didn't note that it has yet to be formed or start operating. We have got a plan. It's called FIT. We haven't formed it. We haven't started it. We haven't done anything, but we're talking about it. Here is what Mayor Ted Wheeler said. What we need is a plan. Let me read that to you again. What we need is a plan, said Wheeler, who serves as police commissioner. The gun violence has escalated since last summer. Okay, so it's been over a year. You've watched the number of police officers drop. Anybody who cares about anybody in a local community, this is what I talk about. Well, if you defund the police, you're going to impact people at the lower echelons within their communities. Those are the people going to be impacted the most. Guess what? Those are communities of color. That's who's going to be impacted the most because that's where your gun violence is. And that is increasing. That's where I shouldn't say that's where it is. I should say that is where it predominantly has been and continues to be right. I mean, we just know that. So if you want to defund the police and have that impact on the very people you're trying to protect, you might want to rethink that whole thought process, because how is that? How is the whole defund the police thing working out for you now? How's that working out? 
How many shootings do we have in Portland? Hmm. Yeah. Whew. We, pr we probably need to ignore that. But what we do know is we need a plan. In over a year, we, we, we've come up with what we need is a plan. This really exploded in the last year or so. It's a pandemic. We need a plan and it's a pandemic. And it needs to be addressed with adequate resources, resources that you literally defunded. If these people ran businesses this way, they wouldn't last for 30 days. You're doing what? Oh, well, why don't we just shut down now? I mean, because it's inevitable. You can't, you can't run a business that way. That, that's not going to work. But no, city of, of uh, Portland, your residents, you guys voted these people in, and this is what you're working with, right? It's a pretty obvious from where I sit. We do not have the adequate resources deployed on our streets in a proactive way. Are you kidding me? That is such a blinding glimpse of the obvious. No, you defunded them. You got rid of them. And the rest that you didn't defund, they all want to quit and they want to work somewhere else because you don't have their back. Huh? Yeah. In the past 38 hours, the chief said there have been 11 shootings resulting in 13 people wounded or killed. All right. Um, according to the city figures, the homicide victims in the first six months of the year were disproportionately black at 47%. Less than 10% of the city's residents identify as black. White people make up 34% of the victims, Latinos 13%, and Pacific Islanders 5%. The race of the others isn't known, but you got enough percentages in there where you're like, all right, we got some black people, mainly black people, disproportionately black people, considering they, they make up less than 10% of the city's residents. White people, some victims, Latinos at 13, okay. Disproportionately, the people that I talk about and people in communities of color, right? A presentation of the community's oversight group's meeting Thursday listed its mission as providing insight, input, and oversight. Well, you need to get that on the, on the fast track. We need to mobilize this effort because your shootings aren't slowing down. They are actually accelerating, uh, the community group is to have its own analyst to help them. Uh, I, I get so tired of seeing all this stuff because it's like, you just need to get some more cops out there. But wait, let's, let's, let's hear about this. Portland commissioner says more police is not the answer after deadly downtown shooting. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm reasonable. I, I want to hear how that logic works. Let's get into it. Portland City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty called this weekend's deadly mass shooting downtown terrifying, but says the gun, city's gun violence problem cannot be fixed with more police. All right. What are you suggesting? Seven people shot, one person died. Just absolutely terrifying to know that happened on a street in downtown Portland, she said. KATU News uh, spoke with the commissioner while she was out at an event for the city's transportation bureau. Let's see. Let's work on getting people around or how about how them not being murdered in the streets? What about that? I mean, I would again probably push resources into and push my emphasis into people not dying at the hands of each other. 
But then again, that's just me and I am a real estate guy. So what would I know? Hardesty did not mince words when asked about what she wants to see happening next in the city. On Saturday, Mayor Ted Wheeler said during a press conference following the deadly shooting that the Portland Police Bureau needed more resources. Following that, Chief Chuck Lavelle and a plan, resources and a plan, uh, put more officers downtown to patrol that night. But Hardesty doesn't think more officers will necessarily help the rising gun violence issue. And here is what she said. Even if we get 10 police officers on a corner downtown, what would have turned out different? Let me read that again. Even if we get 10 police officers on a corner downtown where a shooting is about to occur, what would have turned out different? Uh, maybe that shooting doesn't happen. I don't know. Maybe that's a deterrent. I don't know. If I'm a gunman, and I'm going to shoot somebody and there's 10 cops standing around. Am I going to shoot somebody? Probably not. I mean, I don't have the mindset of what that shooter is experiencing right now, but I'm going to go out on a limb. And if I see 10 guys in uniform and gals in uniform, I'm probably not going to pull my gun out and shoot somebody. And that's, that's, that's my thought. But what her answer is, would things have turned out differently? Her answer is literally nothing, right? What would have turned out different? Nothing, right? Wrong. That's where I think you go wrong here. We really need to think about both the fact that Portland police are under the Department of Justice settlement agreement. The Department of Justice found how unaccountable they are. Uh, not really. Did you look through that? And did you read that and go through the fine print? There's some pretty Mickey Mouse stuff in there, right? I could not in good conscience and uh, add more police officers to a dysfunctional police force. That is literally what the Portland commissioner is saying. I could not in good conscience add more police officers to a dysfunctional police force. All right. How is that working out for you? How's that going? How, how many shootings in, you know, 38 hour period? All right. So you're going to, let's see, we're, we're going to think about it. Uh, we're just going to think, and then we're going to come up with a plan. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We've got fit. But that's not really up and running. And that's going to take 30 to 45 days. And we had 11 shootings in the last 38 hours. This math is not going in Portland's favor, is it? Instead, the commissioner, she's calling for more funding to programs that help people in crisis, saying that will free up officers to respond to crimes like shootings. But she doesn't really want them to respond to crimes like shootings. She just wants to solve them once they've happened, not prevent the crime, because that's not the police officer's job. Those are some exact quotes of hers. It's not the police officer's job to prevent crime. It's to solve the crime once it happens. Hmm. I guess I just had law enforcement all wrong. Portland's on track to shatter gun violence records this year, but as, but as a violent weekend comes to a close, community members who are working to stop crime from continuing are voicing their concerns. Because a lot of the victims are young black people, I don't think it's getting the severity that it deserves, shared Royal Harris, a concerned community member who has organized marches to stop the violence from continuing. While Harris has been stopping, uh, working to stop gun violence, he found himself directly impacted by Saturday's mass shooting in downtown Portland. And here's his description. The young lady who passed is best friends with my niece. One of the other young ladies who was shot is best friends with my other niece. The young man who was shot is my grandson's father. 
There's an intimacy to this that this is impactful in ways that people don't understand. It ripples through these people, my nieces, my nephews, my daughter. It ripples through all these people and their families, Harris said. The ripple effect isn't just young kids being impacted. It's adults. It's family members. It's the disruption of family units. We have to take a more serious look at this. We have to treat this as an urgent crisis that needs to be addressed. Totally agree. 100%. You got to do something more than just come up with a plan. You, you got to put that plan in action as well. It's go time. Portland, it's go time. With hundreds of people shot in Portland this year and 51 killed, mostly by gun violence, Harris can't help but think that race could be playing a role in the lack of response, especially regarding the mass shooting. I really believe if we had this many just white victims of shooting in Portland's entertainment district, the response and the level of response would be totally different, Harris said. Sam Zacks, founder of the No Hate Zone, said the same thing. We say that black lives matter in the city of Portland, but in my opinion, I question that, said Zacks. Do black lives matter? Because black people are being hunted in our streets. Here's the issue. They're being hunted oftentimes by other black people. And that's why people don't want to, they don't want to go down this, this, this storyline. Because it's awkward. It's, it's very difficult. And I don't want to see anybody get shot. Doesn't matter what race they are. But um, yeah, something's got to be done here. And um, yeah, it's crazy, right? And this is it's just it's off the hook nuts. All right. Los Angeles Police Department expert blames violent crime surge on calls to defund the police. I don't believe this is I don't think there is a one-to-one -one ratio of, all right, you defunded the police, therefore you get this much XYZ additional gun violence. I don't think that's what's happened, but I certainly don't think it's helped either. And the whole rhetoric of, you know, all cops are bad, that whole thing, um, you know, it really hasn't helped the scenario, has it? Last month, President Biden announced his plans to help cities fight crime. Specifically, this is kind of my wrap up here. Specifically, he wants to see cities put more funding behind police as a way to deal with the ongoing surge of shootings and homicides. President Biden came up with that. All right. You know what? I'm probably going to stand behind that notion. Today, Biden met with police chiefs in order to further that effort. During the meeting at the White House, Biden encouraged communities to use the $350 billion for states included in the COVID-19 relief plan passed by Congress in March to hire police officers and put in place new crime prevention programs and said he wanted to hear from local leaders directly about what the federal government can do. But initially, he didn't say anything about that money being spent towards law enforcement. You know why? Because defund the police was a real thing until it's not. And we are staring down the barrel of some of the impact of defund the police. Here you are. How's that working out for you? There's a very clear political angle to this effort. Defund the police is a political loser. And Democrats are worried their past statements of support will create an opening for Republicans in 2022. So Biden is doing his best to publicly drag the party away from that message. One of Biden's weakest areas in recent polling has been his handling of crime, with just 38% of people approving of the job he is doing in the area and 48% disapproving, according to ABC News Washington poll. The White House has been working in recent weeks to distance Biden from the defund the police movement that some Democrats have embraced. Some? Everybody was embracing defund the police. Everybody. 
increasingly argue, I mean, it was the summer of love, right? It was the summer of love. And that all meant uh, every single one of those things was defund the police by 50% now, increasingly arguing that it's Republicans who support cutting police funding, which is laughable. That is absolutely laughable. Citing their opposition to the COVID-19 relief bill, which wasn't aimed at providing funding for police officers. That's the deal, right? And yet the the left is trying to spin it. Oh, they, they're really responsible for defunding the police. Someone at the White House has been reading the polls instead of taking calls from far less activists. Hmm, interesting. They've realized this could hurt Democrats at the polls next year unless they get away from it. So despite the fact that policing is basically a local issue, and that's one of the things, funding doesn't come from the feds for police. It comes from local government, right? Biden is trying to garner national attention for a refund the police message. Full circle. We talk about that here a lot here in Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We have come full circle. We are no longer defunding. We are refunding, meaning we're putting more money into the police. The problem for Biden is that he's simultaneously trying to not irritate progressives who still want to see police defunded. So what he's doing is talking a lot about gun control, which is an easy sell with the base, even though it's likely not the reason crime is up. So what is the real reason? That's what we're getting to here, right? That remains a topic of discussion among various criminologists and experts. But today, LA Magazine spoke with the former head of the Los Angeles Police Department's CompStat divisions. And he has a pretty clear idea of what is behind the increase of violent crime. And I agree with some of this. I don't agree with some of it too, though. Captain Paul Vernon ran the Los Angeles Police Department's CompStat divisions until this past April. Vernon spent much of 2020 trying to figure out what was behind the rise in killings. Vernon, um, some were quick to blame the spike on COVID, but says Vernon, homicides and aggravated assaults were up in the first two months of 2020 before the pandemic took hold in the U.S. When stay-at-home orders were limited, were issued in March, there was a large drop in property crime because everybody's at home watching their houses, accompanied by a smaller drop in violent crime. Then in May, George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, triggering protests across the country. And for reasons that are now the subject of some debate, Floyd's death marked an inflection point. In its aftermath, killing surged in most American cities. The murder rate in Milwaukee nearly doubled. Washington, D.C. saw a 64% increase in homicides. Murders in Philadelphia hit a 30-year high. Why the sudden rise in gun violence? Vernon's theory is one promulgated by a number of U.S. police departments, decreased police presence in high crime areas. Okay. Some of this was by design. In October 2019, the Los Angeles Police Department announced that its Metropolitan Division, a group of 200 officers, would stop pulling over random drivers after a Los Angeles Times investigation found that traffic stops were disproportionately targeting black drivers. And indeed, traffic stops were down 27% in 2020. And yet violent crime up, right? But Vernon says the decrease in police presence was also due to another more organic reason. If you're going to call the police racist, if you're going to call for the defunding of the police and stigmatize the police, there's going to be a natural pullback from the police, he says. Police are not going to be as proactive in making stops in initiating activity. If they believe the rest of that is going to be them getting shot or fired, 
uh, or being called a racist, they're, they're going to pull back. There's no reason that they want to get involved. If they're being told, hey, don't do this, you're not responsible for that. We want to defund you. There's a pullback. That pullback has happened. Does it coincide with the rise in violent crime? I mean, I, I kind of think that it's, it doesn't help, right? It certainly doesn't help. And yet you've got knuckleheads like the commissioner here in Portland who just don't really get it, right? Again, that's still considered controversial. So you won't hear President Biden or any other Democrat making that case because it would be completely cutting off the Black Lives Matter activists who push the defund movement. Biden is trying to help Democrats refund police without admitting that the calls for defunding had any negative consequences. Well, I, I think we're, I think that cat's out of the bag, right? I, I think, I think everybody's kind of going, you have to do some pretty massive ignoring of the fact that we had the whole defund the police movement and then violent crime going through the roof in a lot of the towns and cities where they got defunded. Granted, it's gone up in other other cities that it had limited or no defunding of the police as well. But the same kind of patterns are going on. Police are pulling back. Police across the United States are pulling back. Here's what's happening. How's that working out? The media won't press President Biden to square that circle by rebuking the activists who may in fact be responsible for the current surge in crime. All right. I'm not going to say the activists are responsible wholly for the surge in crime, but they certainly didn't help. And I think all these little bits and pieces kind of work together. Um, the bottom line is, is that this is going on and Portland doesn't even have a, they don't have a plan in place. They don't have a gun violence reduction team because that got defunded and disbanded. They don't have a rapid response team in really in place is what are we doing there? Are we working on that? No wonder this is just kind of, for lack of a better word, it's a shit show. That's what you got going on in Portland. Other people are going to say, it's not that bad. It's only at night. Well, yeah, you had 11 shootings in 38 hours. That's not that good either. That's not that great. It's, uh, that's, that is not a record that you want to be breaking. The record that will be broken here in July for most homicides, hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, but statistics are saying otherwise. We'll be covering this topic a lot more here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast because this is a hot one. This is going to be a major, major topic moving forward because I think you're going to see these levels of gun violence rise until you have more cops on the street. That's kind of bottom line here, right? I think there's going to be a big push. Hey, you know that whole defund the police movement? There won't even be that mention. There just won't even be that mention. It'll be, Wow. We need to get some more police on the streets, keep our cities safe, period. That's what's going to happen. And we'll just ignore that whole defund the police movement because it just hasn't been working out that great. Yeah, Portland. Keep it weird. You're doing that. Ugh, not good. All right, that's it for me on this one. Um, I don't have any great answers here either. But I also think that a lot of this stuff, you know, it all interacts together and you got to think about all of the little angles because 
You know, it's happening. You can't avoid the fact that violent riot, violent crime is on the rise, and particularly in Portland. You just, you can't ignore that. It's going on. Need a plan. Mayor Ted, come up with that plan, plan put it in place, get a move on. So, yep, that's it. Thanks for being here with me. Love to have you subscribe. Love to have you hit that notification bell because most all my subscribers on YouTube, they were un, they were unnotified uh, by the powers that be. Crazy, right? Nah, it's not that crazy. Stuff's going on all the time. I just kind of keep going and ignore a lot of it because that's what you do. Keep going. Record those podcasts. All right. Thanks again for being here. I'll catch up with you soon. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk then. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.